Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Today's Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast brought to you by Kettenbach Dental. New from Kettenbach, imagine one product for every cementation protocol, a hydrophilic adhesive cement and a hydrophobic core buildup material combined into one product, Visalis Semcore, compatible with all substrates, all restorative designs. Its unique technology permanently bonds materials using a dual curing phase transfer catalyst. It also features easy peel cleanup, saving time and stress when removing excess cement. Experience why dentists bond permanently with Kettenbach's all-in-one adhesive cement and core buildup, Vesalis Semcore. Call 877-532-2123 or visit us on the web, Kettenbach, K-E-T-T-E-N-B-A-C-H-D-E-N-T, dot us this is a special episode because this is a good good friend chad moment you hear him talk you you just love the guy so just to thanks sonny just just to bring you back i mean chad is a midwest iowa guy honest as the day is long has integrity in, in, in his fingernail more than most people have in their whole body. So oh geez. <laughs> just a pleasure. I, I just remember. So we're gonna get updates. And um and and you're also uh you're also a key part of the Pre- productive dentist academy. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Yeah, I I do podcasts with them and speak at their three workshops per year. So that's kind of my involvement with that. Otherwise, I'm just a regular, you know, driller filler. So all right, so we are gonna update. So Brad, excuse me, Chad has some good updates for us. So our last episode that we talked with Chad, he told us about buying two practices right before COVID. Because <laughs> why not? Hits. He had he honored his agreements, and 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 that's what I mean by integrity. And let's catch up with Chad now. How let's do it, buddy? Good. So I'm still a fee for service practice uh, practitioner, and. Uh, I mean, I'll cut to the chase. So that way, if anyone's doing the five second, listen, I still would do it. I still would do it. And there's something about getting to the end of the diving board 
which when I pulled the trigger, it reminded me of um, a family trip that we were coming back from. Um, and we stopped in Ohio and, <clears throat> uh, and there, it, there was this aquatic center for a small little town in Ohio. And I was up on the 15 foot diving board. I don't think it was 10 foot. Maybe it was 10 feet. However, when it's at 10 feet, it feels like 15. So like, it's not your normal height yeah. of diving board. And you look at it and you're like, shoot, I can do that. And then I get up there and I'm like, well, listen, I can jump off of this, but can I dive off of this? And it reminded me, I was like, this is how most dentists, they'll get their feet up to the end of the diving board. And you've all seen the kids do this at a diving board is, okay, should I actually jump? I kind of, I'm kind of freaked out just getting to the end of the diving board. Should I actually jump? And the fact is, if you jump, sometimes you'll belly flop and yes, it'll hurt. And so that's where we get into uh, talking about this past year for me. So 2021, I think was a challenge for me because I heard and I was, you know, trying to be, and I think most of the time I was successful at being happy for others who were having a great year. And that's fantastic for them. Just, just great. I'm glad to hear your year is going great. But I, I guess my story that I'm sharing with everyone um, is that my year was just okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. Like I felt like um, 2019, 20, what, shoot, what was it at this point? Bef pre COVID 2019, yeah, the whole year yeah, COVID came along in like March, 2020. Right. So, yeah. So 2019 was a great year. So that's kind of my benchmark where I just go, okay, 2020 sucked. And then I was hoping 2021 would be a come around year. And it's like, well, it's slowly coming around, but you know, I, I, I had a lot going against me. Um, I mean, you know, challenges. I, bought two practices and I, Oh, go ahead. Well, let's go back to that. So 2019, right prior to, right prior to uh, the pandemic, you were fee for service or you were going, where, where were you at in no. that process? You were not uh, right. Uh, the had. only thing that I had was uh, yeah. Good context. Um, at that point I was a uh, PPO with Delta dental premier. And that was the only one that I had left but it was still um, 70 something percent of my practice. Huge numbers. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I think the big tell. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team that a lot of people do is they go, well, Chad, you're in a fancy area and you could get away with that. And I'm a small town in whatever. And I can't do that. I'm like, Oh, bet me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's like 20 insurance capitals, but Des Moines likes to think of themselves as one of the insurance capitals, kind of the hidden cities where there's just a ton of insurance <laughs> and we're just he heavily insurance driven. So leaving is, um, in my county, if there's 400 dentists, I wouldn't be surprised in Polk County. And I, I can't say there's a handful or if not a dozen of uh, fee for service practices. And as you know, Sonny, there's a lot of people that say, yeah, I'm fee for service, except I take three insurances. And it's like, 
Okay, well, but like, I guess we have to redefine what the term means, you know, yeah. or like when people say, well, my overhead is 55%, but then my other bills make it 97%. It's like, well, then your overhead isn't 55%. <laughs> so same with EBITDA, right? You know, people say, well, my EBITDA is this score, but, yep. and, but we have different benchmarks for what is included and not included. So we have to make sure we're talking apples to apples. So going into 2020, your plan was to purchase, let's just bring everybody full circle now. Yeah, sure. Was to purchase two practices and also move your primary practice into a fully non-participating fee-for-service practice? No. What was your roadmap at that point? Splitting that that fine hair at the time, what happened was um, I was, my brand was strong in my opinion, (laughs) you know, like I liked my, what I had going on. And I was like, you know what? I want to replicate this. Uh So I'm going to buy two practices. There's, there's some guys that want to sell and I suppose anyone could buy, but if it's going to be anyone, why not me? You know, like I had uh, talked with a guy uh, about um, DSOing, you know, my practice and, and grow. Well, not even my practice. We were going to DSO together. And then I got thinking, you know, I think I can do this. Um, I'll, like I'll kind of just build my brand. Then for example, my radio ads, my uh, online ads are going to be split by three offices paying for that because it's just spreading out over the Des Moines area. So let's just spread it out. And each office then will only be paying a third. And uh, you, you get what I'm saying It's it's just economy right. of scale. And you're also so- geographically covering your area. That's right. You know, just, uh, you know, on battle, for example, my secret, you know, to, to winning battleship, you don't call out everything you do it in a, a, a grid kind of like, uh, uh, the stars on, on the American flag, you don't call out a one and then B one, you call out a one B two C three and do it in a checkered. Yeah. So checkerboard fashion. So I was spreading out my, you know, eggs throughout more baskets. So then COVID hits, and that's when I was like, oh, shoot, you know, and I mean, it's easy to say that at the time that I myself knew that this, but like, I was like, inflation is definitely going to be an issue. And our overhead is going to go up um, on the variable. So then I got thinking, wait a second. So if everyone's trying to do the grow, 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 but your variable expenses now are going to be going up, the more you do, unless you're on the right side of it, but most of us are on the margin, you know? So I was just like, so the more volume that I do, the worse off that I could be. And so I was like, I'm not into this volume thing. I'm going fee for service. One of the practices on the West side was already fee for service for 49 years going on 50 years. And so I, uh, I thought I'm going to do what he did. Uh, I'm going to go fee for service and I'm going to switch all three practices to fee for service. Well, switch to two. You already had one that was that you bought, right? So you had to switch. Uh, Right. So the new practice was fee for service. I'm going to switch my current old practice uh, to fee for service. And and I knew I wanted to do this, but I just didn't know if it was going to be in the next 10 years. And this was the catalyst that made me pull the trigger. So I'm, I'm literally, no. Well, I was literally on the end of the diving board in Ohio, and I, it made me figuratively realize I need to jump. Well, as, as I think you said, never let a crisis 
become a missed opportunity or wasn't it what were the words that you said before i remember it just i obviously don't remember because mm. i can't spit it out but it was it, it was so candid never let a let's, crisis let's go do by. rahm emanuel's uh uh <laughs> never let a crisis go to waste yeah yeah <laughs> so that but was not your my catalyst. quote <laughs> that was your catalyst to to take all three right so Right. And I had already signed these practices um, as of December of 19. So going into 2020, March 2020, when everything was closing down, Iowa, we were closed for nine weeks. I know some people were closed a little less. Some people were closed for a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, uh, uh, nine weeks closed. And during that time, I took those nine weeks to give my 60 days notice uh, to Delta Dental that I was, you know, canceling and, and going full fee for service. So, um, so I thought, man, I pulled the trigger, I've done the hard stuff. If I can keep at the, you know, if you listen to the first podcast that we did, what was it last year ish, a year yeah. ago? Yeah. Um, you know, if I can keep 60% of my patients, then doing 100% fee at for 60% of the patients is the same as getting paid 60% of the fee for 100% of the patients so far as I was concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's quick, easy math, but that's what I was thinking. And um, that has panned out to still be true. But I'll tell you what, the, the your second grade teacher that you thought loves you <laughs> might not love you. And it's, it's unflattering to have so many people leave your practice. Um, and I think that's also a fear that a lot of people have is I'm, uh, they, they, we say to ourselves, well, no, people come to me because I'm quality. And it's like, well, okay. Everyone says that I know, but I'm more quality than the guys that think they're quality. Okay, then pull the trigger and, and go out of network. Oh, I couldn't patients would leave. It's like, so you're saying that for our ego's sake, we stay in insurance network. And this is the hard truth. Because the fact is, I've, I, I jumped off the diving board. And I, uh, I got a, a belly flop smack. I mean, you know, you get smacked, and you realize, um, some people don't care that you can place implants. I just want a cleaning. I just want what insurance covers um and stuff like that so it's you you have to let down your pride and and let it go but um 2021 was a rough year i mean i uh had to let an associate go and just because we didn't have enough work and that's tough because uh, she, i i liked mentoring her you know she was receptive and she was great to work with i would have loved to have had a 30-year career with her on board partnership, you know, stuff like that. Um, she was great. I, she was not let go because, you know, things were bad. So that was, that was tough because then I, I don't know, being the people pleaser, I felt like the bad guy, but you, when you do pull that trigger, you have to be ready for the cost of what if you're over capacity in your staffing and you have to be ready to pull that trigger. And I thought, nah, nah, we're good. <laughs> you know, like I'm ready for it. And it's like, well, are you, I mean, just like preparing for war, you know, like if someone was like, you have to, you know, you, you'll know when you're done and, and it's, it's, you know, that then you'll be a, a hardened veteran. And it's just like, Oh no, I'm ready to shoot people. It's like, no, are you, you know, like you wouldn't know until you're in it. This is one of those things where it's like, now I'm battle hardened. Okay. So 
you when you let's let's go back to where you're at now so you bought the two practices yes and you had yours now were those two full-time practices or were those two part-time practices um one that i purchased on the north side the town is called ankeny he was only working it one and a half days a week and okay. um and so he didn't have Very a ton of patients time. in it yeah it it for all the purposes was a de novo yeah. I thought that one was going to take off and come to find out it didn't. And um, so basically like in September, late September, oh, excuse me, late September, I closed that practice after a year and a half of opening it up, switching it to fee for service and, uh, and then marketing the heck out of it. Believe me, I dropped lots of money into marketing the place and I thought it was going to take off. It had real potential. And I still feel like it does uh, long term, you know, like five years from now, maybe I, it'll just or, or for sure 10. But I'm just on the early side of that location. And I finally realized I can't put all the resources to wait it out. So it's kind of like I whether I was under siege or trying to, you know, make that area under siege. I gave up, you know, like I, I finally realized my energies, I can't devote more than what I have. And you have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And I'm a hold them and, you know, guns blazing kind of guy. But when you only get down to five shells left, you're like, maybe we should just wave the, the white flag. And that is also another pride hit. And Sonny, that's why we're talking because I mean, you you know, from my story that like this last year, I had some white flags to raise. And that is a, a hit on your pride. But I'm just old enough to be willing to be like, well, all right, let's learn the lesson and move on. I love learning the lesson from others. But this was uh, last year was a learn yourself lesson kind of, you know, year for me. So that practice said was a day and a half. And you, you, your goal was what to get it to two or three at least within a year. Oh no, we we opened it up four days a week. I had an associate up there, and I would go in the afternoons and you know see how. I mean, but it was just kind of, you know, like hanging out. There might be five patients one day, and two the next, and ten the the next, and then zero the next, and you know, mm -hmm. so it was just kind of all over the place. And so, um, the more opportunity that I put into the practice myself. Uh, it was costing me high production dollars in in the practices. So the the problem is I'm not just an administrator dentist. Um, that might have worked, but I was also a, a heavy producer. Yeah. And the other two practices were making money. Mm -hmm. So there came a point where we started dialing it back, and then there came a point where we were just gonna go there only when <laughs> appointments were made, and then it just died i mean no did did those people go to your other locations the ones that we offered them yeah to move because some of them already were coming to the johnston and the pleasant hill offices they were going to the ankeny office because they lived in ankeny so they lived on the north side of town and and they're like this is great and one guy that i've known since elementary school was like this is great me and my family we live literally three blocks down the, the street this is wonderful and to have to tell them like hey we're we're closing the practice you know that's not a fun it's fun to open a practice it's fun to give good news 
it's not fun to have to, you know, give bad news. We as dentists surely know that. I mean, what was what was the commitment for the building? Was there a lease agreement? Was there? Oh goodness, yes, yeah. So it's a it's a five year, and I'm a year and a half in. I've got three and a half left. Uh, talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, so there is risk involved, and most of the time, you know, risk gets the back seat to success. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially with um, loss and, you know, being a big loser, you know, like that's that in that scenario, in that battle, I was a big loser and you still end up having to pay the risk cost um, in spite of that. But um, yeah, so I have a guy that's uh, that is hopefully finishing up buying that from me. He's not really, you know, buying the patient load or anything like that because there's nothing much left. But it is a nice facility. Uh, but yeah, we're still paying on it, and uh, hopefully next month I uh, will um, have transitioned that over to him, which is the biggest liability actually of all because you can't have your expenditures go to zero every month. I'm paying for a rent that doesn't, you know, that's just sitting there fallow. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So now let, let's, so, so that, that practice is, is not expanding or growing and you're finding out that you only can spread Chad so far. Right. And when you rob from Peter to pay Paul, then you still got to pay the tax man along the way. So you can't, you can't really, you know, you just can't split yourself in all those directions. Right. Right. Because you have to be the machine. You have to be the engineer that runs the machine. And then you have to be the mechanic that fixes the machine. Oh yeah. And, and the more you take away, you're robbing, you know, all of a sudden you, you see where you're affecting yourself. So how did you learn where your time was best spent? Um, well, really production per hour, uh, was, I think one of my key metrics that we are looking at to figure out, okay, I'm doing 1200 an hour at, um, at the Pleasant Hill office. I'm doing 900 an hour at the Johnston office. I'm doing 150, you know, or $50 or something like that an hour at the Ankeny office. So well, let, it becomes me, pretty Let me evident. ask you this. Sure. Did your hours change? Like, for example, how you can stomach that is if, okay, you go per hour and if you were working 24 hours, now if you add, let's say, eight to 10 hours. Oh, yeah. You can afford for that hourly to be a little bit less with the idea that it'll come up because you're not stealing from those other. Yes. Well, and here's how I was working six to noon at my, so like my hours, uh, Monday through Thursday, six to noon, that those were my clinical hours. So I would work the afternoon at the Ankeny office. I would work. um, Then we started making it seamless. We were booking it six months out that, you know, in six months I'll start doing. So when I first bought it, I was going over there every other day Mm -hmm. uh, to the Johnston office in the mornings. And then we started doing uh, when it was six months out, it was one week, one week, one week, one week. And I would have one associate stay there, one associate go there, one associate go there. Um, You know, so we spread it out and I was trying to basically mentor slash catch up with some of the specialty work. Um, at each practice. But yeah, it, uh, for example, if you're getting paid $2 an hour, but you only spent one hour at a place, it's like, okay, that wasn't too big a loss. 
conversely, if you're getting a thousand an hour and you just go, well, I'll just work a hundred hours a week. It's like, well, I doubt you're going to, you're going to be able to get that kind of return on investment uh, just because you doubled or tripled your hours. You, it, it doesn't quite work that way. I mean, there comes a point where you need sleep, you need some time yeah. off, you need, yeah. you, and th that was, that's kind of like, you need to still have balance. And well, I'll tell you what, I'm over correcting back to balance. I, I could, I worked hard the last couple of years. The first year I knew it go, before COVID, you know, that it was an investment mm -hmm. uh, commitment that I was making. Um, yeah. This last year though, I was expecting to see some payoff starting to come about from maturing the associates, from having patients stick around um, from my marketing paying off and everything like that. And it only pays off so much. I mean, it's not an, an abundant, like an, uh, an everlasting gobstopper that just keeps on giving. <laughs> you, you like that? I love candy that. reference, candy so I, reference from a dentist. I, I will tell you one thing, Noah, because that's what we did a little bit. You know, I had like, when we added an office, I was like, okay, I won't rob from here. But I'll add these times, you know, that's, so yeah, I, that's what I did. You know, yep. And, and, you know, and, and you can, you can justify that and then you can kind of hang it out for a while. And then you start to try to get a little more efficient because in your example, if you're making $2 an hour, well, $2 an hour is more than zero. If that hour is not subtracting your thousand dollars an hour. Sure. Now it's, now you're working $2 an hour and you're thinking, damn, I could be doing, you know, umlauts over here, this, and, and then you start to, your personality changes, everything changes. Yes. So, so let me so let me ask you then, how much pressure did you feel then to drop the fee for service in the, in the Acne office? Um, I I didn't I I didn't I didn't second guess or or I, I just I was like okay that one is practically you know just a few patients here and there that are transferring over and they're already on insurance so for all due purposes this is going to be a de novo practice they are not going to stay with me sure. i already know that that you know and uh and so it, i didn't i don't know i don't i that wasn't the pressure i think i had pressure from so many other places that that wasn't too big a concern for me was uh flipping it to fee for service um my biggest concern was my mainstay practice flipping that to fee for service and it was just oh, yeah. a numbers game. I mean, Mike, like, so you're going from a couple thousand patients. Can I keep, you know, 1200 of them about 60%. And sure enough, that's actually kind of where I bottomed out. Um, what I think we started with 2400 ish and we bottomed out at 1400. So, I mean, we lost it's, it's right around 40% loss, but it's still, is ahead of time because now I only have to have 60% of my time at that practice. And I'm still giving the same amount of treatment opportunity hours to my patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, well, your, your production per hour is going to go up because you're just yeah. way more. Efficient. Well, not only that, but here's the good news. I don't have to produce at a thousand an hour to be able to collect at 600 an hour. Correct. Now I just have to produce at 600 an hour. That's where it's wicked sweet. I mean, that's when it's like, all right, now we're talking, wait a second, I could back off to 600 an hour in production, and we're doing just fine. You know, so you, everything that you every tax that you put, and not a not an IRS tax, when you're taxing your equipment, 
you know, it's wearing. So when you do economy of scale growth and you're trying to produce for 3000 patients, it's like, but if you produce for 2000 patients, my equipment should last longer. My staff is going to be happier. I'm going to be happier because my back hasn't been over, you know, 80 hours a week, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So did you take um, the equipment and, you know, basically cannibalize it and then, you know, um, I left enough that so like it could start off as a reputable, you know, cleanings, fillings, crown prep kind of practice. I took, I had put a Sarek into it. I love Sarek. And so like, I, I took that out and, uh, and moved it to another practice because I like, honestly, the hardest part about it all is that I'm selling it for super pennies. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, I'd give more details other than I don't want to, you know, share it too publicly, but I am an open book for people to learn from among good companies. So, uh, you know, chadbds at gmail.com, write me and I'll, I'll fill you in. But, you know, basically what I like just uh, a, fr a literal, a literal fraction of what I bought it for in an, an attempt just to get rid of the lease liability. And I've been honest with the the buyer about that too. I'm just like, this has good stuff in here to be able to start up, but it's, yeah. So it's, it, it cannibalized out. Yeah. Okay, but so nonetheless, I dropped in 30, 40,000 ish in new, uh, computer equipment, telephone IT stuff that that's just one thing, you know? So like, I was just like, this is upgraded and downgraded in price. So, right. you know, win-win for the buyer, it's my misfortune tough lesson to learn from that I'll actually be paying on the lease, uh, not on the lease for that too right now, but um, on the bank payment, because I didn't buy it cashed. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll be paying on that for, um, for a while. So let me ask you this. So if you add up the two practices you bought, yes, plus you've had to see some growth in your practice, I would assume your primary practice. Um, Good not, investment, bad investment? not, no. Oh, uh, so in the, in the new one that I bought, I kept, uh, half-ish of the patients. Um, I had better hope for that than I, it just, in my mind, I think I was more of an optimist than rea realist as far as like, I was like, ah, you know, I'll keep them. Um, but I was, I was un underwhelmed with, uh, unimpressed with the numbers that I kept on the, the patient load. But when you read other people talking, it seems like that's kind of par for the course. Um, and we've bottomed out as far as losing patients over the last two years now coming up in March. So in a couple months, it'll be the two year mark. We're starting to have gains again, as opposed to a loss. So it's this Nike swoop, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've hit the bottom and now slowly we'll creep back up. And the cool thing is from here on out ever, ever, um, the patients now coming in expect that this is the kind of practice they're getting. It's the kind of practice that we're, uh, that my team is tailored to instead of tailoring to the insurance mentality and the insurance patient. So any patient that left had a different value, um, than I did on what I was able to offer. Any patient that stayed valued it. Any new patient that comes in is now finding a unanimous, value as opposed to a two-tier system mm -hmm. you know as, as opposed to sunny came coming to pay for a veneer and then the other patient getting it more than half off everyone's paying full price but everyone values it at full price and the cool thing is then my team knows we need to give that value back 
they need to be getting a full price, you know, veneer. They need to be getting uh, the the best topical. They need to, you know, be having the 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 best treatment that we can provide. Tell me about your team now. Let's talk about that. Now you've gone through this transition and it's real. It's no longer, oh, we just sent out a letter. We're here we are. You, yeah. you, you, you've lived through it and you've talked about bottoming out. So how did your team make the transition and did everybody make it to shore with you? <laughs> okay. So keep in mind, if someone's listening to this 10 years from now, COVID played a big factor in all this. The right. quick answer is no, uh, you know, it, it didn't all work out as planned. The longer, like the medium answer is it went as, as planned as you could expect. And how that came about is COVID, I think, allowed for some people to leave the practice saying, hey, I'm going to get 50 cents an hour more down the road. Mm-hmm. That hurts. I mean, you know, when you're just like, oh, I'm worth 50 cents. Let's see, 2,000 hours, 50 cents. Like, okay, you know, it does add up. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, you know, I want you to go to your happy place. I just, for some reason in my mind, I thought it was your happy place and I was happy with you here, but you're not. So it's a thousand bucks, 50 cents an hour. (laughs) It is. And you know, that's, that's something. I mean, Uh I, I don't want to knock that. Um, if someone said, yeah, if someone said, here's a thousand bucks, I, I definitely would say, Oh, nobody say no, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, um, then there were naysayers that were, but um, our team had done insurance dropping before and they knew that it worked. Um, and they, they were like, Chad, you're crazy, but we also trust you. So let's give it a go. And I think the people that didn't trust me that maybe gave me lip service trust, uh, were the ones that moved on and that's okay too. Uh, I actually about this. Oh man, this is candid. Um, about a, a half a year ago, my coach said, you know, do you feel like your team's with you? And I was like, half of them. Mm-hmm. And over the last half year, we've gone from overcapacity in team. Sometimes you have an overabundance of patients and an undercapacity of team. I had the other problem right now, because why? We were growing to three practices. I needed to be able to have team like I think at, at our peak, we yeah, had 24 employees. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we, yeah. we were, gro- we were growing while like, so I was growing into, into two new practices while COVID hits and I'm buying two transitional team practices. And so I'm at a staff of 24 and now um, I think we're down to 13 and, um, and really, so like one of the nails in the coffin too, was, uh, this fall, I had a hygienist, um, quit. And really the problem there is I, uh, now I'm down to four hygienists and I was like, I don't know if I can do, I'm at two practices currently. Cause the third one is just, you know, doors locked. Um, and you know how on your keychain you have like 50 keys and you don't even know what like the 49th and 50th key is, but you keep it because you're like, it's it's a key that I have. I've always wanted to do this cathartic, like getting rid of keys, but that key is still on my keychain. And I wonder if in five years it'll be like, you sold that practice five years ago. Side note, sorry. But um, so I've got uh the the hygienist that quit, and I was like, you know, I can't um 
that's when I realized that was like the final, well, overused, but it was my final nail in the coffin for 2021 that I said, all right, if she's leaving, I'm going to um, shrink the practice a little bit more. And I'm going to go to two weeks at one practice, one week at the other. And uh, because one has 1200 patients, the other one has 600. Let's just, you know, kind of between the 1800 patients, let's just go back and forth. And, but I need to do two weeks at one, one week at the other. And I'm just going to, you know, basically kind of fly this as a small shrunk practice. So it gets back to Bill Blatchford's shrink to greatness model that I'm really, you know, just trying to get to the point where um, I've, uh, I've got 1800 great fee for service patients and um, I'll give my best here. I'll give my best there. And you know, take time off accordingly. But it it was um, it, my team has shrunk, but the ones that have stayed in conclusion, as opposed to six months ago, now I say yes, my team is with me. So you you let's just make it some simple numbers, right? So your team yeah. went, went, and you're you're half of what you had. Yes. What's the what's the top number look like? What's the production number look like? Um, well, we, I don't think it's gone down any, (laughs) I, well, no, no. So just, so let's take us back. So to when you have three offices, you have three offices, look, what is your number there? You, you can share it with me or not, but just, no, I'll I'll tell you, I I don't mind. Uh, cause, cause again, the people listening to this aren't aren't likely my patient it's, it's, it's in good company. So, um, I think, uh, the, the mainstay practice, our collections for this last year was 1.7, uh, million. And the, um, the Johnston practice was, uh, 700,000, 700 or 800,000, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And then the Ankeny practice was probably like 50,000. <laughs> so, so, so 2.6 million. It was never better when you had it, like, like your top, like when you first were. Um, you know what, when, when I was a PPO practice, the, the top number, like the collections number was 2.7. And I think I had to produce, I don't know, three, three and a half for that three and a half million. So yes, my production now is 2.7 and my collections is 2.7. Um, but my, it, it used to be 3.5 in order to collect 2.7. I, I'm completely happy with, you know, 2.7, you know, between the two practices, especially when I can dump the, the fallow practice, you know, and mm-hmm. not have to pay for that. Um, I I'm basically learning a hard lesson in contentment too. I'm just like, this is, this is good. What we've got is good. So, so the reason I'm asking that, so let's say you're at 2.7, you have, you have an overhead team of, of, of 25 team members and you have three offices. So you have three physical plants that you're paying. Yes. For. You're, you're going to be dropping the one fairly soon from what you said. So let's take yep. it down to the two. And now you've, you've, your team has gone lean and mean down to 12 or 13. So half of that number. Yes. So I would expect you're going to see a huge division and separation between your production and then you're dropping your expenses that that middle in between profit should be significantly increasing 
Yes. So my EBITDA should go up. Time will tell because I basically, I had a really sucky 2020 and then, mm-hmm. um, 2021, um, now let's just, let's just call it as it is. It wasn't much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to admit it. I like, and again, I benchmark it to 2019. I had a great year. Like I had been building, I had taken off so much time. I had this sweet schedule. I mean, you're going to love this. Okay. Or at least some of the other nests. I mean, again, at age 40 at the time, a couple of years ago. So at age 40, I was uh, between May and September, I was working three weeks, taking two weeks off, working three weeks, taking two weeks off. So I took off a ton of family time in the summer. I took off a couple weeks for, uh, for you know, Christmas and after I, uh, mm-hmm. I was working six to noon, you know, like I was semi-retired. It was fantastic. And my, my income like was, was fantastic. I, I couldn't have been happier. Now, all I wanted to do was hit repeat on 2019 over and over and over again. Even for inflation, I would take it. I was happy. And uh, my my 2020 was uh, was sucky, but I expected that from growing the practices. I was fine with that. You know, like that's, that's just, I was investing in myself. Um, and then 2021 really was a rough year. I mean, I told my team, like, you know, the second half of 2021, I was just like, guys, I'm not even getting a paycheck here. Like we need to figure out a way to, you know, this stuff has to change. And uh, I'm so excited for 2022, because I feel like we've made some hard decisions and laid good groundwork. And I tell they're not easy decisions. I'm very much more decisive. And um, I even just told my office manager today, we met in the office, I didn't have clinical today, but we met and I said, you know, a few years back, I think I was a tougher book to read. And people um, like would be like, I wish you would just say what you're thinking, you know, but I would be thinking, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm being polite, and not trying to share my heart on my sleeve. The last couple of years, I've just gone all out and been like, all right, hey, heart on sleeve, here it is. And I'm sorry if this hurt your feelings, but it was less Midwest and more New York in my <laughs> in my style. Cause I was just like, guys, I'm sorry this might hurt some of your feelings. I'm letting you know in, a, in advance, but I can't stand when we're doing this and that. How do we fix it? Like, how do we as a team address this issue? And um, it's it's become a lot more transparent and I feel ruder at times or edgier because I try and share more like who I am, but not rude in a in a horrible, despicable way, just more than, you know, trying to be Iowa nice, polite. And but, but don't you see yourself now? I mean, with with your production, which is going to continue to start to increase a little bit more now because your base patients are going to provide more patients like them. And absolutely. And now, and now your expenses have, you know, when, when you, when you yes. lose the third, you know, that you're, you're just going to blow the roof off this thing. Don't you feel yes. yourself? Your trajectory is like, you're on that, you're on the top yes. of that swoosh and you're going up now. skyrocketing. Yep. yep. And, and yes, there's so much that I'm excited for, for 2022. Um, and and some of the stuff was thrown my way and I was basically just dodging it. But as I'm dodging it and swinging and, and stuff like that, I'm just like, I'm actually getting the hang of this. And if I row 
if I row with this, I'll, I'll be, you know, pushing this boat up the stream. And, and I, I don't know, like I just, and perspective has been a key life word of mine for some people pick a new word each year. Yeah. Perspective has been perspective and persistence are two of my keywords that got this dummy into dental school, even because I was just like, listen, and Sonny, it goes back to basketball. I am a hard worker. I'm a, you know, like, I'm a, I grew up watching big 10 basketball and back, back when they, it, they were floor divers. Okay. Um, yep. I mean, like I wore a mouth guard playing basketball. It's just like, you know, that's, and that's big 10 I, basketball, baby. That's big 10 basketball. And, and so like, I think that drive made me say, listen, there are smarter people that should be a dentist more than me, but if they quit, you know, I'm going to take their spot, you know, like, uh, there should have been smarter people being dentists in my place, but I was more persistent. And, um, and then, you know, a, a just a um, tough mentality perspective has uh, carried me through. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. Um, <laughs> so, so any anywhere, any challenges along the way? So you got an, a young dentist um, uh, who's listening and thinking, okay, I remember when he was going to add the two practices, timing of it was rough. Uh, what, what lessons would you pass along to our brothers and sisters here? Um, okay. So this is Chad at 42. So I'm going to date it because I, I don't know if 10 years from now, I'll be like, you know, that this changes. Cause it could, this is, this is subjective advice. Uh, uh, kill it at one practice versus three. Um, uh, learn to, uh, to find balance in your lifestyle. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, no, seriously, like you should be like, um, excited about home stuff and, or whatever you want it to be on your personal side, just as much as you are about talking about, you know, the cool veneer that you did. Um, so that way, I don't know, there's, there's just balance to you. And again, that gets over talked, but it's just like, I mean, if you're just all work, then just be all work when you're at work, you know, and, or like maybe kill it an hour at night, not six hours. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, be better at that kind of stuff myself. And metaphorically, you are at the edge of the diving board and you're wondering, should I pull the trigger and go from a PPO to fee for service? The qualitative answer is yes. And my question is, are you differentiated in the market enough that you can set yourself apart? Because if you're a 10th percentile dentist, that's just like, listen, I only do fillings and exams. And it's like, that might, that might be tough to show the value to patients. Now it's up to you. If you, if you want to be like, but I do the best fillings, then crush it fine. But like, if you found ways to differentiate yourself with um, orthodontics, with, perio surgery with implants with you know stuff like that are you a periodontally conscientious office do you feel like you're like okay i might not be the best but i'm striving to be and i'm going to ce and i'm that type of dentist then the answer is yes jump off the diving board even if you smack uh for uh um uh what do you call them again uh but uh belly flip Belly flop. Yeah, sorry. I thought of it earlier. But uh, <laughs> if, if you're going to belly flop, you're still in the water. Now you you still became part of the diving club, join the fee for service club. It's, uh, it's a, a cool club. I, I waited until I was 16 years in, into practice. Um, get rid of one at a time, 
you know, and then two years later, get rid of another. You don't have to do it all at once, but gear yourself towards getting your team used to wanting to be a fee-for-service practice. And I, I tell you what, after everything that I've done dumb and everything that I've done hard, I still would do it. Like if you said, Chad, I'll back you up two years and you still have to do it, all the hard stuff. But do you want to, you know, like just stick and switch back to PPO through COVID? And I'd be like, nope. And they'd be like, are you serious? You got hazed. Um, yep. So this is our interview with Thornton Mellon, who just perfected the triple Lindy today. Did What's that? that? Did you get that? You don't get that reference? No. Oh, you ever see that movie Back to School? No, Rodney, back to Rodney school. Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, yes. The, yes. The triple Lindy. Yes, I do know what you're talking about now. Wow, I think I watched that 30 some years ago as an uh, elementary kid, something or another. Yeah, you will survive when you hit the water. That's the lesson. So, right. So, good stuff, man. So, very exciting. Chad, I'm happy for you as always, but I, I think, um, I think as you solidify too, I think the one thing that you haven't said, and I think I, I'll speak for you a little bit because go, go, go I've gone it. through some of this. Yes. Not only do you feel like you have the team, but you have the team in in multiples, right? So you can start to think, you know, in in, in a really a growth mindset, and you can start to think in in um, not just linear, but multiplied. Yeah, and and uh, I I think it's just going to take up. Now, do you have a doc in with you? Yes, um, right now I have one associate. And it's changed a lot. I mean, you know, just from what we've done. But again, my my growth perspective is not necessarily to be like, okay, what, Chad, when are you going to buy a third practice again? I'm like, right. Right. I'm not sure if that's the kind of growth. I'm actually just looking at figuring out qualitatively, how do I kill it in my own scenario without spending more time in the practice, you mm -hmm. know, trying to dial back to 20. I'm trying to have 2019 again as a fee for service practice, you know, with two offices, patients that absolutely love what we can offer. And with a team that is like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? You know, like how, how, how do we succeed? And I appreciate you having me on here. And I, I, if they didn't see, I look like a hobo. Um, I, I realized like, oh shoot, you're doing this on video. And I did see you nod when I said, you know, now I feel like my team is hundred percent. And I, like, I saw you nod, like, yep, I know exactly what he's talking about. So if anyone's doing this on audio, Sonny was, uh, was in full agreement when I was, you know, transparent about like, there was a point where I was like, I don't know if a hundred percent of my team's with me, if I'm being honest. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, yep, they are. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a true you know it's that moment of you know you don't if you don't know how strong the roots are until the wind blows so you don't know mm -hmm. really how deeply rooted they are and like you said COVID and COVID what it ended up doing for you is exposing a lot of people who were you know had one one toe in the water they weren't jumping in the water well and I'll, I I and I know this is almost P.S you know, stuff. So I apologize, you know, as you're probably wanting to wrap up, but if you're honest with yourself as a doctor listening to this and you hear other people say, you have to have your team with you hundred percent. And you think to yourself, I mean, yeah, I think they are. Then it's like, no, actually, if you have a coach, talk to them and say, can I be honest with you? I don't think my team is hundred percent with me. Now that doesn't mean that you have to fire them. 
because I think that's the other thing. If, if, if you're thinking, if I'm honest with myself and I tell my coach, or if I tell someone that my team isn't fully with me, even if it's two people or something like that, they're going to say, you should fire them. And, you know, they're probably right. But the fact is, I know that you're afraid to even say it out loud because you're afraid that that inevitable answer is going to be what comes about. No, but at least spell it out. Don't don't feel like you have to lie to yourself and others that that, you know, it's like, well, my team isn't isn't or, you know, saying, oh, yeah, my team's 100 percent with me, too. And then then we're all just saying that and we're just saying it that that's not. When when people say it, I hope they're meaning it. I'm at the point now, and it might actually be different ten years from now. What if I slack off, and uh, you know, so mm-hmm. and and my hiring skills and and how I'm coaching and mentoring and and leading my team um, isn't growing my garden of of teammates the way that I, it should be. But Sunny, this goes back to basketball. I'm like, no, I know what a team is. I've I've played on a team. I know. So when we all say, well, my team is 100 percent with me, I'm just like. I might have more demand out of a team than you, because when I'm honest with myself, I'm not sure if this is a team, this doesn't seem like a team to me. If I'm a pitcher throwing and the catcher just goes, was I supposed to be wearing a glove? And it's like, well, then we're not a team. Don't call us a team. We're it's not, but it call it like it is. Eventually you should be able to get to a point where little by little you grow your team in whether it's with those exact people or not, into someone that you can say, okay, my team's got my back and I have their back. Yep. And, and you, you've, you, you grew so quickly. You had people who didn't fully understand your culture when you started and the brand, right. They're going to be, you know, very one eye, one eye, sleep open. And there's only so much because you've spread yourself a little bit. There's only so much because you have to build all those relationships and it, (laughs) It does. It's very hard to build all those relationships really strong because it's true. So, only so much of you that can go around. So yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's exactly what happened. I I used to be able to. I used to on a cycle go to lunch once a week. It was like Wednesdays or something. Yeah. Once a week, one on one with each employee, and just cycle the whole way through. And we got to the point where I was like, so it would be twice a year. I was just like, and I've got other meetings about buying carpet samples and blah, blah, blah. So it just went to the wayside, but I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're really going to need to, to structure your organization. That's what I think you're going to find. You're going to need to do like an office manager, what exactly their role is, what they do. Oh, well, I'll tell you, we're, you know, maybe, we're EOS right now. Personal assistant, you know I mean? Those kind of things. So. Well, we are, we're going through EOS right now. Gino Wickman's uh, traction book, you know, um, entrepreneurial. Yeah operating system EOS. We're doing that right now, which is not only for the business owner, but it's also to help grow your team into a leadership mentality. So that's my quick take home on doing EOS is going through that process and figuring out what are what are are you about as an organization? Are yeah. you uh, the inspirational leader that the innovator? Or, you know, like, what what role do you play? Let's define the roles it's really helped. And, and it, I think it's almost been a surgical knife that's cut some pruning back and kept others, you know, like healthier. So, yep. 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 All right. Great stuff. Well, as always, I thank you, my brother. So that was a yeah. really good talk. Yep. I'll yeah, see you guys all online on, uh, on Facebook. We'll, we'll continue the discussion. All right. Thanks for listening to the fee for service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, 
please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.